Hi, and welcome to the Day One Podcast here on Episode 8 with my guy, Tommy Plato. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? Good. So just to give you a little background, the, the concept of Day One is really to talk about how you've ended up where you are today, talk about your journey, maybe give some people some insights of, of how you've achieved the success you have today and, and really what you're up to now. So to start off, tell us a little bit about where you were born, where you were raised, and kind of a little bit about your childhood and that how that shaped where you are today hmm. well, I was born here in Arizona and stayed here so born and raised they call a native which is kind of rare it's yeah. like you know seeing like a endangered species sometimes you know because <laughs> yeah, there's so yeah. many transplants from other cities here right so um, but uh, yeah I just uh, I had dreams of being a, a producer actually when I was a teenager right and uh, and also being a, a scuba a scuba diver instructor which i did get my you know scuba license yeah, yeah. to do all that but yeah. then i realized there was no money in that right. so i gave up that quick and then i was gonna move to la and like produce movies that's kind of what i want to do right and then in essence that's kind of what i do every day is there's a production at the restaurant there's right. cast members you know, they got to dress up. You got to put on a show yeah. every day. Yeah, yeah. And so, in essence, that's kind of what I do. Right. You know. And and so, um, tell me about school a little bit. What was high school like? What was college like? Mm, so, college was short lived because I opened up the gelato spots. Yeah. High school, I just kind of like uh, I played sports uh, for a few years. I did wrestling, basketball, football. Was friends with everybody, kind of deal. You know. Um, and never really had like a, a group if you will you know i was just always kind of like testing out different types of friends if you will okay i don't know um and i graduated early from high school and uh and went to went to college for right. about a year and uh, parts of it i liked parts of it i didn't but i ended up starting the gelato spot business right when i was 19 with my dad yeah and that was really successful and it was just kind of you know, I didn't, didn't ever go back yeah, and yeah. didn't really see a reason for school. I learned everything actually. Uh, a lot of things I learned from the patio, uh, patrons at my first gelato spot. Okay. There's a coffee shop there that all of the, at the time, all of the, you know, famous, you know, attorneys, doctors, all of the big business guys, real estate guys, they'd sit out on the patio and have coffee in the morning. Yeah. And so I would sit and have coffee with them. And that's how I learned a lot about business, actually. Oh, that's cool. Was just talking to people that were doing things with, you know, in their career. Right. And that's that's how I learned a lot. I learned a lot about real estate that way. OK. Yeah. And what was the initial inspiration for the gelato spot then? Spite. Spite? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of a funny story. So there was a, a property that my father had owned uh, on Mill Avenue. Okay. That housed the first Cold Stone Creamery. Oh, okay. And when when he when he was uh, bought the building, the guy who owned the Cold Stone Creamery had screwed my dad out of eight hundred bucks mm. back in the early nineties when my dad was bankrupt. And years later, my dad became his landlord, and he said we're going to just do our own ice cream place and right. put it right there. Yeah, right. Yeah. So the idea for ice cream got started from 
that. Okay. And at the time I was in Italy, you know, studying, a, uh, you know, not even really studying, just hanging out. But, <laughs> uh, and I was like, we got to do gelato. Sure. You know, and just so happened I knew this kid and his dad was the third best gelato scientist in the world. And that's kind of how we got into wow. the business with right. gelato. And so I loved everything about it. You know, the artisan factor, the learning how to make flavors. Okay. You know, the creativity. I did a lot of theming of flavors. Right. You know, I did uh, company flavors like the Yelp flavor, the Groupon flavor. Oh, that's cool. So that kind of like started to put me on the map a little bit with like theming of flavors. I yeah. did stuff. I did a partnership with Gamage. Okay. So we did every play that they had, we'd theme it after the play. So like we did the Blue Man Group Gelato. Right. And uh, just different flavors that were kind of fun and themey. And it, it gave me the idea to kind of co, um, what is it called? Just like, um, just to do cross promotions sure. with other companies and kind of think differently. So I did the Harkins gelato flavor, yeah. which was a, you know, popcorn with a Coca-Cola glaze flavor. <laughs> did it taste good? It tastes amazing. It tastes, <laughs> Harkins has the best popcorn, I think. Yeah. And uh, so it didn't, you know, that was kind of like a proposal thing to like put it in their, in their theaters. Right. They ended up going with some other company, but yeah, you know, it, it just kind of started to push my, push my ideas for cross promotion. Okay. So, um, one of the fun things that I did with that business gelato was, uh, I did a local chef gelato competition. So I'd partnered with the 10 best chefs in town. We raised money for charity. They feature all the flavors on their menus at their restaurants. I feature the flavors in all of my locations at the time it was six. And it was a really great cross promotion for charity. And it also opened me up to more foodie driven flavors, a different, uh, demographic I got to engage with and then I got to also get into their networks right, and, started yeah, learning. Yeah. and that's how I started learning about food more the savory stuff okay by being friends with some of the chefs sure and uh, that was just a fun a fun thing that really started to open my eyes to you know unique flavors and all that right but when you get into uh, gelato and you get into the science behind gelato you get into uh, learning about uh, freezing points, texturizing properties. Okay. You learn about different sugars. Uh, there's a lot of science behind ice cream, behind dairy and right. behind cheese and all that. Yeah. And I learned from a guy in Ireland who's like the world's leading dairy technologist. Okay. And, uh, it's, it's fun. You, you, it's, it's, it's a really technical science, right? You know, it's, it's important. You could have two gelatos that are the same exact temperature but one taste colder in your mouth huh? because of the way that they melt. Right. And how much water is actually in the product. Right. And so, you know, if you've ever experienced that brain freeze sensation, yeah. happens with stuff that melts faster, not necessarily colder. Right. You know, so like yogurt, frozen yogurt melts faster in your mouth yeah. than a gelato does. Right. And so, um, so you get that brain freeze, you know, feeling. Yeah. So when you get into the, when I got into the science behind gelato and really digging in because these chefs wanted to do weird flavors and it's not like you can just throw stuff together and it comes out with a good 
texture, taste, yeah. good taste. You know, it could be all icy. It's, okay. It gets very technical, right? Right. Especially when they're using ingredients that are not, you know, sugar based, you know, because um, sugar will cover up a lot of a lot of things. Yeah. You know? But um, you get into corn sugar and corn sugar science. And okay. when I got into corn sugar science is how I got into bourbon. Right. So that's, you know, bourbon's 51 percent corn or more. And that's kind of the evolution from the gelato business okay. into the bar business. Right. And so that's kind of what I, that was, I always tell people like my twenties was gelato and the whiskey is my thirties. Right. You know? So, and, and so were there mentors along the way that kind of helped with that growth, helped you start those first couple, mm -hmm. uh, you know, gelato spots and then transition into yeah. what you do now, who were those to you and, and how did they shape well, definitely you? Definitely my dad, you know, he's a builder right. and he, he, uh, we work well together, you know, cause I'm a creative guy by nature. And so is he, but he, he knows how to put it together, like okay. build, you know, yeah. I could tell him what I'm thinking design wise, right, yeah. and he can picture it in his head and, and build it. Okay. He's very good at that. And so how many flavors did you start with when you initially uh, opened the gelato like spot? 50 flavors, 50 flavors, you know, 32 every day. Okay. And you'd rotate, oh, maybe 90 flavors. Right. And you just start, I think by the time I was done, there was like 600 flavors Jeez. or so that you'd rotate through. That's crazy. You know? Yeah, raspberry's my favorite. I grew up <laughs> going to the gelato spot and I loved it. It is so. interesting because I was a kid when it started. Right. And I remember kids coming in that were seven, eight years old. And now they are, it's been 15 years. Yeah. And they were like, I was a kid going there, you know. Right. And sometimes i remember them you know right I, I would go to the location on Killback and 32nd the street over there one. yeah that was the first one and That's so one. the i th there's times like i don't know i'm just hospitality by by heart like it's built into me right i'll be walking through the grocery store and i'll look at a person and i'll go that guy used to order mint chocolate chips and cookies and cream yeah like i remember people's faces right. by their flavors or vice versa yeah and i'm 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 terrible with names right but i will remember flavors or like what they were drinking sure what they were eating okay you know so i do remember really well it's just not their names right yeah and now how did that how did the transition from the gelato spot to now where we're at right now second story how yeah. did that happen well so once uh the gelato spot is below this restaurant so yep. Uh, we actually own the building. Okay. And so this used to be my offices up here. And uh, at the time, uh, we wanted to add food into the concept. So we added an oven downstairs, a wood burning oven. Yep. And I built that with my dad. So there's there a lot of stuff like that I learned just he wanted to teach me how to build a restaurant because that's what he does. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's invaluable, you know, as you get older, if you know how to build stuff, you can really you know save a lot of money for yourself definitely you can be independent you don't have to rely on people so he always wanted to teach me how to build a restaurant so that was kind of the idea for the upstairs was hey we're gonna not have it our offices we'll do a restaurant he wanted to do a pizza restaurant and send pizzas from downstairs up a dumbwaiter right and we were about a month away from opening mm -hmm. and i just was not on board with a pizza italian restaurant yeah it's not what I was into at the time, I was more foodie. I would travel. I was sophisticated. Sure. I yeah. saw the trends of what's going on in other cities. Right. And I convinced them to rip everything up and we only left the floor and we started over and wow. wasted a ton of money. Yeah. And then that's when second story was born because 
what I was I was at a cocktail pairing dinner and uh, with the lady I was with at the time and they people were telling me stories about the cocktails and stories about the food and mm -hmm. I said that's it it's about the stories about the people the food the you know the drinks like that's what bonds people right you know whether they're creating a story amongst a meal or there's stories behind where that dish came from or behind where that drink came from and so i was like we, and we happen to be on the second floor so i'm like that's what it is it's the second story yeah there's second stories behind the food behind the drink behind the people that do this you know and i built this restaurant with my dad which is a great story we did a lot of the work ourselves just because he wanted to literally show me how to build a restaurant. So um, instead of using subcontractors, we just came in here every day for like a year and a half and just awesome. worked together. Yeah. You know, and it was kind of like a side project, yeah. you know, because we had the other businesses. And so, um, so anyways, it was really fun. And like, I mean, there's a lot of emotion behind it. You know, right. he, he even collapsed and had a heart issue uh, right here uh, on the floor. Like, wow two weeks before we open and had open heart surgery. That's and crazy. So there's a lot of like stuff that has happened up here. You no know? kidding. Holy yeah. cow. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah that's he's awesome. fine now, that's crazy. you know, and, uh, but like, you know, it's just like you, those are the things that like, even though that was a, a traumatic situation, like you'll never like forget that. And it's like a kind of a bonding thing. Right. Like, you know, you, well, and it seems like you're very passion driven then as well uh -huh. as, as far as those different things that have occurred, what's something that maybe from an advice standpoint that he's given you, that's really resonated and that you use every day to have success in your businesses. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, I don't, I don't know if there's something that just sticks out in mind. I mean, just his work ethic, right? you know he he's Being able to see him get up and and do what he does he every do, single day he's kind of a workaholic which i give him shit for all the right, time yeah. but you know he's 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 going for the last 30 years i've never seen the guy take a vacation really. yeah you know he's going every single literally every day he works like that's i don't crazy. think he knows what to do with himself if right. he's not working yeah you know so that's a really great quality that he's just kind of shown me you know and there's other people along the way that have been mentors i i i meet with mentors every week i yeah. really as i've gotten older i, I you know i think you kind of let go of ego a little bit you you know more humble to right. things i i mean that's just kind of my journey but i i i look for mentors in different areas you know i have a mentor in real estate yep. and very successful guy you would never know that he's wickedly successful right he, he doesn't you know nobody knows about him you know but he just goes in does he does his big thing, deals yeah. you know and um you know he's a developer as well as like he'll you know fix and flip stuff but, right you know i mean he'll do large offices all the way to homes he did he did hundreds of homes too so and and he's a tax guy an accountant and so he i start that's kind of learning what i'm that. learning from him right now right you know because those are important things so um and then honestly you know some of the best learning i've got is from the guests yeah they they teach you so much like one they teach you when you're fucking up right you know just by making mistakes yeah and i've made so many mistakes and that's how i've learned a lot and then uh also 
they've traveled the world, they've seen things, they tell you about things, and I'm just a curious person by nature. So if somebody's in here and tells me about a great place they dined in France or you know New York or whatever, like I want to check it out. it out. Yeah, it's going on the list. You know, because they, they'll say this place reminds me of a place in Chicago. This place reminds me of a place in New York. You know, so um, and so. Anyways, like the guests, I learn a lot from them and. The good part is, I mean, I, I always knew I wanted to do a higher end type restaurant. This mm -hmm. one's a boutique style, high end restaurant and bar. Right. Yeah. The guests that come up here are extremely successful. Fit There's that a lot level, of them. Yeah. You know, I've had like six billionaires up here at one yeah. time. Yeah. And just talking to them about their own businesses and where they come from, just like you're asking me questions. Right. I do that almost every night yeah you know it's like i'm addicted to learning so you know there is no shortage of people that come up here that are successful in their own lives right and so it's just like i can go right up to the tables and introduce myself and start getting to know them a little bit and i love that stuff like, yeah because you never know who the hell you're gonna meet one day sure and i try to teach my staff that because it's like look you might just be a server right now but you could be serving somebody that has a a, a massive company that will offer you an opportunity because of the way that you treated them. Yeah. And all of a sudden you've turned your life from a, you know, server tip tipped wage employee right. to a six figure salary position. It's happened before, like, you know, with my hostess and stuff, they've created opportunities for themselves just by being nice and meeting the right people. Exactly. That come in here. You never know who you're messing with. You could be talking to someone who writes for the New York times. You could be talking to you know somebody that uh has a big agriculture business like there's some weird businesses that i hear about you're like you have no idea that people are making money right doing things like i know a guy that builds the big slab walls for movie theaters huh. and he just does huge concrete walls and that's all he does that's crazy and you and he and he's really good at just it just the most random thing yeah it's yeah. like how did you get into that right you know yeah, like how did you find a niche like that you know a guy that sells like nuts and bolts, but lots of them. Right. You know? Yeah. And then there's, there's regular people that maybe are not entrepreneurs, but you know, work at uh, places around here. There's uh, tech companies in old town, yeah. Yelp and all that. And right. You learn stuff from them, like little tricks on how to make your profile on Yelp better to stand out more yeah. or whatever, you know, they'll tell you little things. So now, now what are people coming in for as far as the food is concerned? What's the go-to items on the menu right now? Oh geez. Well, definitely the biscuits, the what the fuck biscuits or WTF biscuits. Yeah. So the story Seems behind like those is, uh, for years I knew biscuits are going to be a trend and I saw them coming and they're starting to still, they're starting to trend a little bit. Now there's like biscuit concepts going on. Right. And, uh, and I told the chefs, you know, I want some biscuits and no chef could make a good biscuit, you know? And so finally, like on my fourth chef, I was like, I just want some fucking biscuits on the menu. He goes, yeah. I'll make you some fucking biscuits. <laughs> and he makes them for me. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck are these? He goes, that's what we're going to call them. Right. What the fuck biscuits? Because they're ridiculous. That is. So that's awesome. They're sinful. Um, we do them with different, uh, you know, house made butter, okay. different jams and jellies will mix up. Yeah. You know, um, and so anyways, that, that's probably like the signature item that you'd start off with. Mm -hmm. But I rotate mm -hmm. the menu. Okay. Every three months, you know, but people gravitate towards the typical stuff, your burgers. But I have also uh, unique items like pork belly lettuce wraps. And all of them are kind of inspired from other chefs, honestly. It's like not not like I'm the creator or anything, but the pork belly lettuce wraps are inspired to like David Chang right. from Milk Bar, 
you know um and so you know i i just i have that's the fun part about having a restaurant is you can always like mix it up right it's like what am i in the mood for yeah you know and that's uh, i don't kind of get stuck that was another reason for naming it the second story i'm not stuck in one genre one cuisine like when my dad wanted to do italian i was right. like it i don't want to just cook italian all the sure. time you know now um you went just recently and opened up the Kaz bar here yeah. in scottsdale tell us a little bit about the history of that bar mm. and what led you to wanting to uh run it Okay, so it just kind of like a, a sign of fate, I guess, if you will. So I was in New York about a month before I bought that bar. And I was at a, at a place called the Flatiron Room, and it's a jazz and whiskey bar. And I was like, this place is so cool. I want to own one of these one day, yeah. right? And a month later, the Casimir's deal popped up where, you know, the guy was losing it and somebody needed to save it or mm -hmm. it was going away. And it was a staple for 16 years. Right. And I mean, people had their first dates there. They met each other there. They had either their bachelorette parties, bachelor parties. They, you know, might have had a wedding reception like it was had a very strong emotional connection to the community. Right. And when people saw that it closed, they were really bummed out. And uh, just one thing led to another, and I made a call on it, and it ended up where I could get it, and you know, just negotiated a deal real quick. It was closed for, I think uh, it was only closed for about three months. Okay. And I got the keys, did what I could to, you know, get it ready within a few weeks so I didn't miss season. Sure. And I opened it from, I got the keys December 1st and I reopened it January 18th. Okay, wow. And so it was a big, you know, kind of undertaking. Right. It, you know, I went, you know, I only had one restaurant at the time, so I doubled the size of my company overnight. And so it's still a learning lesson. It's a different business. It's not a restaurant. It's a live music, wine and whiskey bar. Right. And so there are some learning curves to that style of business as sure. well but what's cool about it is it kind of fits my personality it's an upscale kind of jazz live music club yeah and it's only two blocks away from this one so Makes it's it like easy. you know come to dinner here go over there for music and dessert and right you know a, a nightcap you yeah know? and it kind of fits like what my style is like i like i like the uh the the loungy upscale i'm right there with you yeah. boutique those are those are the restaurants that I and bars that I seek out when I travel. Okay, and so that's always what I've wanted to offer to people. And, and that's kind of lacking in this area too. Mm -hmm. There's really not that yeah. go-to spot in right. Scottsdale. It's a lot of the you know right. bump and grind clubs and just really you know right. nothing out there that fits that category either. That's something that I always look at when I'm if I'm going to do a business opportunity. I'm more of a niche kind of guy. Okay, so I will take less money but offer an authentic real experience that's really hospitality driven and focused on creating that connection with somebody yeah. over, you know, a volume based club based type business. You know, I rarely, I rarely ever look at anything if there's not a niche to be had. Right. And so I definitely operate in a unique niche for Scottsdale. And I like that because not a lot of, not a lot of guys or people, I guess you should say, are willing to go into a business that is like this where it's it's more hands-on. You know, I'm building the relationships a lot myself. You mm -hmm. know, my team is very small, but very good. Right. And they, 
we have to operate at a high level and you know we get put in check all the time it's not like we're perfect but we get to know our guests sure and we get to know their kids and you know what they like mm -hmm. and they like and so you know that's the most rewarding part about this business is being able to create those relationships and that's why i think i thrive in it because mm -hmm. that's what i love about it and whereas like i just never wanted to treat people like they're just another number right i just don't it's not a long-term strategy to me and so yeah so it's worked out well i mean i'm in my sixth sixth year at second story and okay we'll see how kaz goes but it seems to be going fine people were so excited that it got saved sure yeah you know and then and you've kept kind of the same vibe going there yeah too. you just livened it up a little bit refresh you know some of the looks the bars new and stuff new like bar, that new bathrooms you know get it cleaned up a little bit mm -hmm. try to offer better service you know that there were some things that needed to be addressed. Right. You know, now how often are you having uh, live shows come in? Every and night. Play? Yeah. Every night. And the goal is to have music every hour. We're open every night, mm. which is really ambitious. Um, and also become a venue where it's like a musician's musician's place where maybe you'll pick up the, a really popular musician that's doing like an acoustic show. Right. That, they're just like you know maybe an after show after they have a big concert sure and trying to get this little kind of cool like vibe going on Atmosphere, with, yeah yeah so we've had some cool things we have like esteban coming up okay. which is like kind of the first test of you know doing a bigger show a ticketed sure. show um and then uh we're talking to some other people you know about getting some traveling musicians that are on their way to la to do a big show yeah, stopping get them by to come doing, through yeah yeah, yeah yeah so that's the learning part is like you know the the marketing the promotion of that right getting in touch with the musicians booking it's a lot of it's a lot of different type of work okay and so i'm building a green room for them yeah you yeah, know, yeah i'll have a setup like this probably sure. so we can start interviewing them yeah definitely yeah now what advice if you were starting the restaurant business over today would you give someone that's either maybe trying to find their way into the restaurant business and open their own thing or like someone my age like what what advice would you give them as far as some of the you know roadblocks that you might come up with or things that are necessary when starting a, a restaurant or a bar um uh, well definitely go work in them before yeah, that, that would be my first piece of advice. And a lot of kids go to culinary school, mm -hmm. which seems so silly to me because they go pay money to learn how to cook. Right. When I'll pay you to learn how to cook in my kitchen, you know, and so you can just go get a job yeah. and, and get paid to learn how to cook in a kitchen. Usually sure. you just go find the style of cooking that you want to do. do. Um, and then as far as like becoming a restaurant owner, it's you have to you have to make sacrifices you know you have to make sacrifices you know for different social events i mean every weekend pretty much you're if that's your prime time yeah, there's something so going you're on. here yeah, at yeah. the restaurant so if you if you value you know your social life mm -hmm. and you value your weekends then probably not the business for you right um but i i find it really enjoyable because like one it's really fun on the weekends here because you meet cool people and you're offering people a good time definitely and so like you're making them smile which is rewarding and then it, when you have your days off which are usually sunday monday tuesdays or if you're going to travel 
you're traveling during the slower days, so you right. don't have to deal with the hassle of airport traffic as much. You yeah, get yeah, cheaper yeah. rates on hotels. You get cheaper rates on everything. So right. that's the kind of added bonus when you do get side. to enjoy your life. Sure. You get to travel on the off days. You yeah. Know? And so that that always has its bonuses. And it's it really is two different. Like, there's the hospitality-driven people that are in it for life, and they we have an understanding with each other. Like, you know, there's places that are busy on Mondays and Tuesdays with industry people. Right. Because that's their time to go and, and, and unwind, you know? And so it is funny though. Like it's, it's like night and day, you know, there's the people that the culture behind hospitality is just, it's a different person. Right. We're really, we really do care about people at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's how, what feeds our soul is making sure that people have a a unique experience you know now what is for for tommy plato for second story and for the kaz bar what does the next five to ten years look like for you from a growth standpoint and really what you're looking to achieve hmm well it's funny i've listened to a lot of things and they're like the world changes so fast you can't make a five-year ten plan anymore it's like three you know yeah But for me as a person, like I'm just focusing on being the best leader possible. Right. Going from one to two, in my opinion, is going from like one to ten. So it was easy to micromanage one restaurant and it was very small and controllable and 15 people. Right. Right. Uh, Going from two, you can't be at both places. And so I have to really push myself to be a better leader again. You know, there was a time I had six gelato spots, but it was not, it's different. It's different. Right. You know, there's a lot more liability without serving alcohol. Mm -hmm. You're dealing with a lot, a lot more uh, experiences that are, you know, higher end. So, you know, you got to be really on top of your game. Right. And so that's been the biggest thing for me is like, I know in the next five years, like anything I can do to, to be a better leader and more efficient man that's my focus okay and so it's a combination of just like diet lifestyle you know being organized scheduling you know you you start to you start to see all i I mean at least i do i start to see all my flaws really quickly when i went from one to two as a business owner yeah yeah. i'm like oh my gosh i gotta push myself right to be and not expect you know those people that work for me to to cover it up like i i gotta show them that you know exactly how to operate as far as like with the passion first you know and really being you know dedicated to the craft definitely and so that's been that's been a challenge for me you know it's like okay i i have to reorganize my life a little bit i have to really be dedicated and you know because the people that work for me are just as important if not more important than the guests that come in and so they rely on me mm-hmm. to be the best version of myself sure. every day. And so I can't slip because if I slip, then they're going to they're going to see that. Right. And then they will see think that it's OK that they slip. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, we all make mistakes or whatnot, but I really just focus on uh, correcting them quick and being really dedicated to 
being the best leader I can be in the okay. next five years. Now, in wrapping up here, can you tell the people a little about a little bit about where they can find you online, how they mm-hmm. can follow you, how they can make reservations, sure, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, secondstoryaz.com for the restaurant and cocktail bar, okay. and then casbarscottsdale.com for that one uh, for the live music venue, and then you know, uh, same same for the handles on uh, Instagram. Yep. Uh, I'm not a personal Instagram, yeah. <laughs> you know, guys, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm sure they can find me, mm-hmm. you know, if they want to get to know me, they come into the restaurant and I will introduce myself Sure, and then we can connect personally on Instagram. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> Usually I give my phone number out. Right. And I'm just like, text me. So like, that's the kind of relationships that I like to build with people. It's sure. like, they, they have direct contact, yeah, yeah. you know, with me and you know, that's really important to me that they feel special. Yep. It gets overwhelming a little bit, but yeah. And so as far as growth of the business though, in the next five years, like I'm just focusing on one, one at a time. Right. And whatever comes along, I'm sure will come along. I do have the, uh, I do have a vision to grow Mm -hmm. in, in, in the restaurant business as well as other businesses. But, uh, right now I just like really trying to dial in getting a structure system, culture all that kind of established yep um and then from there i think the foundation will be set and then i'll be able to grow in a variety of ways awesome well this was tommy plato on the day one podcast i really appreciate you coming on and i wish you all the best thank you yep